giving a voice to the voiceless, pulling stories out of the shadows and putting them under the spotlight, making sure that each person is valued and cared for. This is Humanity First with Peter Evers, presented by BAMZ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Humanity First. My name is Peter Evers, and uh, we've got a great show today. Uh, in a few minutes, we're going to be hearing from the mayor of Brockton, uh, uh, Robert Sullivan, uh, who's going to come and talk to us about some of the things that intersect with what BAMSI is doing and what is happening in Brockton relative to housing, uh, elderly uh, services, and other things. So uh, we're looking forward to that conversation. I just wanted to start today by recognizing that as we approach the month of May, uh, May, I'm sure many of you know, is uh, Mental Health Month. It's a month where we uh, celebrate mental health, uh, we think about our language, and we think about um, this as a disease that is, um, that has a process and that process is the arc of recovery. When I think about it, I think about a couple of things. One is, are we having conversations about our mental health that are productive to our children who struggle in our schools when, when we consider generalized anxiety disorder is going through the roof, especially after COVID? We have to be really careful about the language that we use. Language is very important, and um, the National Alliance for the Mentally Ill, uh, on their website, if you go to their website, there is a, um, consider saying this instead of this, and I think in that sense, language is really important. For instance, you don't say things like, um, he's mentally ill. You would say, this person struggles with the disease of mental illness. And of course, there's lots of uh, times when we w watch television and, they, and there are really old tropes rolled out about people who are crazy or nuts. And we have to be careful about that language because people who do struggle with mental health issues and mental illness are very aware of how they are judged. So that's, it's really important that we think about that. Um, we also have to think about access to mental health. Um, there was a parity law that was passed about uh, 10, 15 years ago that said that if health services and insurances uh, offered health services, they had to offer them equally with parity across the board. That has not happened in our society. And that's reflected in the pay of people who provide mental health services as opposed to all other health uh, services. Um, and that, of course, means that we have a shortage of individuals who are providing that service. That's a real shame because we're in, in the, our society, we're recognizing that mental illness isn't the purview of a small amount of the, of the population. You know, one in four kids struggle with anxiety and depression in our society. That's 25%. It's a huge number. Those conversations allow us to normalize what mental illness is. It allows us uh, to have real conversations about, uh, about recovery and about what mental health means. I heard uh, Bruce Springsteen on uh, the radio the other day saying, listen, I go for a mental health checkup every year. It's the way that I think about my overall health. We should all be doing that. It is unusual for a human being to go through the life cycle without struggling with some episode of mental uh, illness or emotional disruption. When we think of it like that, we begin to think of the normalization of that. Of that. And if we're not providing the resources available for the evidence-based practices that help us and help people with this illness, help them guide their own way through their own recovery. If we're not doing that, then we're doing a disservice to everybody. And finally, I would say treatment works. 
I think over my lifetime in, in this work, I, I've been doing this work for 30 plus years, it's always evident that our interventions as mental health specialists are successful. And why aren't we paying for something like that when the brain is the most important organ of the body? Thank you. In a moment, coming up, we're going to be talking with the mayor of Brockton. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm an essential worker here at BAMSI, and I'm a nurse. Nurses are essential here at BMZ because as nurses, we really have the opportunity to make an impact. We have very small ratios, so we have the opportunity to really learn everything about the person served and be able to give the best care. It really serves such a great purpose for me as being a nurse and really why I came into nursing. Learn more about nursing opportunities at BMZjobs.org. Giving a voice to the voiceless, pulling stories out of the shadows and putting them under the spotlight, making sure that each person is valued and cared for. This is Humanity First with Peter Evers, presented by BAMZ. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another uh, edition of Humanity First. My name is Peter Evers, and I have the pleasure of being the CEO of BAMZ. And I also have today the pleasure of a very special guest, uh, Mayor Robert Sullivan, Mayor of Brockton. Hello, how are you? Peter, thank you so much for having me on today. I truly appreciate it. Well, we're really pleased that you've come in to chat a little bit about issues that are going on in Brockton. And of course, BAMZ is uh, a, an agency that has a number of different locations, but its heart is buried very deeply in uh, the history of, of Brockton. So really appreciate you coming in. And uh, for people that don't know you, and that's probably hardly anybody, <laughs> you've been the mayor since uh, 2019. Um, and before that, we're on the city council um, and uh, we're also the city council president before that. And Maybe people don't know this about you, but you're a soccer coach as well. Is that right? You know, I, I have three children. So my, my job is mayor, but really uh, my responsibility is to be a husband and a dad. So I, I do coach. I'm not the best coach, but I coach soccer, baseball, and basketball for my kids. Yeah, I do. Yeah, very much involved in, in, in the kids and the community, of course. Um, I am a big fan of Brockton. Uh, I, have, uh, I think I've mentioned this to you before, have worked three different times. Uh, in Brockton for different organizations. And um, I don't have a Brockton accent, but I'm working on it. <laughs> it takes a little time, but you'll get there, Peter. <laughs> yeah. But you know, the beginning of your term as mayor, I, I was just thinking about this this morning when, was, when I was thinking about what we were going to talk about. So you uh, took, uh, you became the mayor in 2019. I wonder if you had any inkling of what was going to be happening less than a year later. Yeah, you know, actually, so I was elected in, in November of 19, sworn in January 6th of 2020. So it was about six weeks before the pandemic actually came here and reared its ugly head. And uh, my wife, Maria, uh, who grew up in Brockton with me uh, as well, she's a physician assistant. She went to Emory Medical School. So she had said to me, as soon as I was sworn in, Hey, you know, there's this really, really bad virus, deadly virus, COVID-19. Uh, it's in Italy right now. It was in China. It hasn't hit the States yet. It's probably going to hit the West Coast first. And so what I did do, um, you know, I might not be the smartest guy, but I noticed around myself with really intelligent people. I actually had a roundtable with all the medical providers uh, at City Hall, of course, Brockton Hospital Signature Healthcare, Good Samaritan Medical Center, the VA, Brockton Neighborhood Health Center you know, Bamsey and High Point are such integral parts as well. So, you know, I didn't really, I think none of us in, in the year, you know, 2020, 2021, 
really understood the magnitude. It really hadn't been a pandemic in a hundred years, but um, you know, the whole mantra was to work together. And that's one thing Bamsey does. Mm -hmm. I, I will say this, Peter, um, Bamsey has been a phenomenal partner. I was on the city council for 14 years uh, and now the mayor since 2020. And I wanna just thank you and your team. It's a team effort, but really, I mean, and let me just tell you right now, a quick thing, we were doing a humanitarian effort recently for um, the earthquake victims in Turkey. Um, and you stepped up, you and your team and donated blankets and uh, the consul general in Boston is very thankful for the efforts we did. So thank you. Well, you're very welcome. And uh, I'm very happy knowing that uh, hopefully in Turkey somewhere, some of those blankets that have the Bamsey logo on, which is new, uh, are wrapped around people and, and keeping them warm. And yes. a, a really good feeling, great reaction. I mean, for you to have done that is wonderful. And I actually dropped them off. I saw you actually you that did? day when I did. And there was just, you know, carriages full of, of blankets. So hopefully um, that those are, you know, getting to the people in need. Um, but yes, it's been a, a strange three years in a way. And you mentioned the, the last pandemic, not many people were born and so we didn't really have a blueprint for this and but i think you're right i think this notion of getting together putting all egos aside and say how do we get through this often brings the best out in people um and you know i think about brockton and you know have uh, i've worked in and around since 1990 and a lot has changed uh in those years and sometimes people have a negative view of Brockton, which annoys me greatly because they don't know the city. And there's been a lot of doom and gloom, I suppose, over the last three years. And let's not, let's face it, things have been really rough for so many people, not only in our country, but in the world. But it's not all doom and gloom, is it? I mean, there's some really amazing things happening in Brockton. At the you know, there really is. And, you know, I'm a lifelong Brocktonian. I went to Brockton High School, went on to Boston College, have a law degree from New England School of Law, went back to BC to get my MBA and, and Brockton's home. And, uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have both my parents uh, still with me in Brockton and my in-laws, uh, Tony and Lorraine Louise is still in Brockton. And all of them were educators. My dad was a teacher at Brockton High, and, and Brockton is a special place. And there's a lot of people that live in the town of Easton now that have Brockton connections, Brockton roots, and a lot of my friends from high school live in Easton. Um, what's good for Brockton, 106,000, uh, the only city in Plymouth County, is good for all the neighboring communities. And you know, my whole vision um, was to make Brockton a much more welcoming, inclusive city, right? It's a city of immigrants, always has been. My own grandparents came from my dad's, uh, my, my paternal grandparents came from Ireland to work in the shoe factories. And now we just, you know, we just have a different wave of wonderful people uh, that are here to make a difference in the lives of the next generation. So, you know, as mayor, um, one of my roles, number one, is to make sure we have a, a thriving economy. The pandemic has killed 536 of our residents in the city of Brockton. We have changed all of us financially, physically, emotionally, mentally, we really are. But what I did do in Brockton, um, I did not pause construction during COVID. And every Sunday night, I would do a, a Zoom with Mayor Marty Walsh in Boston, Mayor Kim Driscoll, who now is Lieutenant Governor. She was the mayor of Salem. Probably about eight mayors. And I was the rookie, right? I was the new kid on the block. And, you know, a lot of people stopped construction. And I said, we can't in Brockton. We can do it in a healthy way, social distance, six feet, all that stuff. But if we pause construction, we'll be about 10 years in the wrong direction. So there's more cranes, more development in Brockton than ever before. Um, 
really because of transit-oriented development. We have the three train stops. You jump on the train, you get in the cell station in 35 minutes, jump in the car and drive to Providence in 30 minutes. So, you know, geographically we're doing well, but you know, we're not a wealthy community on a financial ledger. What we're wealthy in, what our wealth is, a value is the people of Brockton, the people that live there and work there. And, um, you know, I'm excited to continue to move forward. We have to move the city together. We're better together. Yeah. You know, what's always struck me about Brockton is this gateway, this notion of it being a gateway. And um, America's vibrancy comes from new Americans, right? And of course, old Americans as well. Um, but when you think about the responsibility of a, a city like Brockton as a gateway city, there are not too many places where people who have very little and you think about refugees, you know, and you think about the waves of them that have have come, you know, I think back to sort of the Russian Jewish uh, and, and the uh, Bosnians in the, in the 90s and, you know, the folks from Africa, they don't come with much. They come with trauma oftentimes. Right. Um, and it is a responsibility for a city like Brockton to say, you know, this is one of not so many places where people can make a home, where people can settle put down roots and become part of a incredibly diverse community. And that is um, challenged, isn't it, as we hear good news as well. I mean, this Sunday, the Boston Globe ran an article, which was very nice, and it said the top places to, to live in the southeast of Massachusetts, guess what was number one? Well, it was Brockton. Median price, uh, house price is about 460000 does that worry you a little bit about affordability for people in terms of housing? You know, I'd have to say it it, it does not, and I'll tell you why. Um, most of our development right now is based on Chapter 40R, which is smart growth zoning. It's just a mechanism under Massachusetts general law. And as a requirement for a developer to use 40R, 20%, at least 20%, no less than, but you could always go more, has to be affordable. So the $30 million investment downtown, which was Trinity Financial, that was the first investment right near WB Mason's corporate office. Yeah. Again, 20%, I think it's 25% actually is affordable. All the other development going on right now within the core of the city uh, is, is 40R. Uh, again, the opportunity zones are throughout the city of Champions as well. So, you know, I'm cognizant of the fact that the real estate market is off the charts right now everywhere in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. You know, I'm also cognizant of the fact that we have one of the best uh, public educations in the Commonwealth, right? Brockton High is still the largest public high school east of the Mississippi. But I also understand that um, people are hurting financially. Mm -hmm. They are. I mean, that's as a result of, of, of COVID. So, you know, we need to provide the tools and the recipe for success. And so as mayor, you know, my one of my jobs is to continue to collaborate with all the different partnerships. The money that we're getting right now is historic. The federal money, the ARPA money. Um, I gave $2 million out of ARPA money to 43 different nonprofits, mm -hmm. average of $50,000. 50 grand is a lot of money. Yes. It can really make a difference. But I also know that, you know, we're investing $7 million in our war memorial building because the vet, we wouldn't, none of us would be doing what we're doing without the sacrifice of the veterans. Mm -hmm. And we're thankful every day, but also our senior citizens, mm -hmm. our console and aging, which is downtown near the old colony YMCA on Main Street, um, four and a half million dollar renovation there as well. So, you know, to take care of our seniors, take care of our veterans. I've put a uh, proposal in for the new budget coming up. Um, we'll be doing uh, budget hearings in, in June, early June, um, to have an Office of Immigration Services. Uh, it would welcome and provide really benefits to anybody from any country in the world coming to Brockton, Massachusetts. And I hope the city council will accept that. But you know, my whole thing, Peter, and you and I have worked together brilliantly is um, we're in the people business. Mm -hmm. We're public servants, you know, and we need to make sure we impact in a positive, beneficial manner the lives of people on a daily basis. 
Yeah, and I think Brockton really stands out in terms of thinking about all of its citizens. You know, I, I think we're judged as a as a civilization on how everybody is treated. You know, no a nation should be judged on them how we how the most vulnerable do. Um, and there's a lot of worry about elders, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that. One of our board members, Jeannie Fuller-Jones, who I, I know you know, is, was regaling me at the food drive last week, which I know you've been to as well, uh, that we do at, um, uh, at the teen program. Um, she was talking about that initiative. I was researching this over the weekend. The fastest growing age group in America is 85+. plus. The second fastest is 100 plus, which is amazing, which is a testament, I think, to our health service. Yes. But it does make us think about the changing perspectives and priorities that uh, organizations like BAMSI and cities like Brockton, remembering, you know, that many cities don't pay attention to this. And I'm not going to name any, but, you know, to have an actual public health policy that takes into account what we are going to do to support uh, uh, individuals. And I don't know too many elders that don't want to um, age in place at the home, um, but some of them can't. So building that community with a, a thoughtful nod to where people want to be, I think is incredibly important. And you should be very proud of that. I'm very proud to be associated with, with Brockton with that kind of thought process for vulnerable populations and elders of course are not the only vulnerable population and um, I just um, w we've talked about helpline before which is one of the programs that uh, that BAMSI mm -hmm. uh, has and it's a very small program uh, that has been uh, small for 30 years but it packs a punch and when anybody in Brockton says to, to me oh BAMSI you do helpline uh, and I want to just give a, a shout out to those folks because over the last three years we've been able to raise money from some great partners like uh, South Shore Foundation and people like that and that money has gone straight out into the pockets of people who in need in Brockton for fuel assistance for food that kind of stuff and I know that you've always been a big supporter of, of, of that particular program you know we really have an obligation to um, take care of the most vulnerable um, you know an example a lot of people were homebound during the pandemic right and a lot were seniors um, with food insecurity as well. So I created what we call the wellness trust team. Uh, we hired as consultants some registered nurses that literally went door to door to give vaccines, to check on people. Um, and I know Bamsey, again, I was in Washington DC last week, so I couldn't be there for the food drive. But you know, at the end of the day, um, we truly need to continue to stay the course, right? With a viewpoint on treating people with respect and dignity, offering them the services that they need. It really is a difficult um, proposition when someone is so desperate that they need to ask for food, but we are more than willing to work with anybody to help them, right? We have a high population of homeless in Brockton right now. And so, you know, we need to continue. Listen, I'm the mayor of everybody, people that live in a house and people that don't, don't live mm -hmm. in a house. And as, you know, as a human being, my whole view is let's, let's make sure we make a difference while we're here. I won't be mayor forever, but I think I'll be judged on what was the impact under the Sullivan administration. Um, and my goal right now is just to continue to help people, whatever that help is, you know, how big or so small. But at the end of the day, um, we are going to continue to stay the course to help folks. We have to. I think that's what connects you to people. You know, when I've seen you speak, when when I know that what your priorities are, and not everybody agrees with that, right? This, 
um, in this country, we're a divided country yes. in many ways. And it makes me very sad sometimes when the truth is interpreted so differently between people. But I think that this idea of saying, look, here's my set of principles. This is what I believe in. I believe in inclusivity. Mm -hmm. I believe that everybody should be have a fair crack, you know, whether it be education, whether it be housing. And I also believe that diseases need to be treated. And, you know, the, I suppose the, the last big topic that is always on my mind is um, accompanying homelessness is substance use disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, Brockton is not um, immune uh, from that. And I know that you're doing uh, a lot uh, in terms of addressing this illness, which is a worldwide um, condition. I would say it's a, a, an epidemic. Um, you know, BAMSI is doing a lot of that work as well in terms of harm reduction. We're a strong believer in harm reduction. I know that you've been really supportive with us getting into the Plymouth area. Yes. We opened our COPE program uh, last year, making a big difference. You know, harm reduction programs are controversial. You know, giving out syringes and needles doesn't go down well with anybody. But at the end of the day, you know that, you know, that kind of intervention helps people get on the right track. You know, recovery is possible for everybody. It is not. It is not such a dark picture that we're, we're drawing. If you give people hope, if you give people the opportunity to consider a different pathway, and I believe that you've been a strong advocate in that in that regard, and I think that's really what people are listening to um, when they when they hear about what your values are. And I appreciate you saying that. My mom and dad would be happy too. So thank you, Peter. But I will tell you this. Um, if someone is being challenged right now with their sobriety, the worst thing to do is to be isolated at their home, right? And that's what COVID made us do. We had to be isolated in our homes. So um, to be able to help people with any type of substance abuse, alcohol or drugs, we need to do that. And, you know, the COPE plan and BAMSI, um, I will say this under no certain circumstances, have saved lives. The efforts have saved people's lives. We can't save everybody. And one loss is too great. But if we continue to provide services in a compassionate wraparound approach as well, um, I think that we will have more lives saved than those lost. But again, we have to continue to work together on it. It's all through collaboration. It absolutely is. And uh, the more we have these conversations, the more, no more we normalize the notion of recovery and the fact that this is a disease, the better. Right. Mayor Sullivan, thank you so much for coming in today. Really enjoyed it. Peter, it's been my, my pleasure. And again, I just want to thank you. And, and it's not you alone. It's your team at sure. BAMSI. And please, on behalf of the entire city of Brockton, thank them for me because they do yeoman's work. They do. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thanks. Thanks.